Hello all. Hello. I'm, I'm Kekabel of the Angel Army, God's appointed heavenly being who has ruled over the movement of every star and constellation since the fourth day of creation. The stars are always present in the sky, non-visible by day, but shining bright by night. They surround the earth and every planet and entity in the solar system that our God created for mankind. I know every star that there ever was, is, and will be. The most famous star of them all was the Bethlehem star, the star that proclaimed that Jesus, the Son of Man, the Messiah, was soon to be born into humanity. It was I who fashioned it from God's own design to beckon shepherds and the Magi to journey to Bethlehem and pay homage to the newborn king. I took only the brightest stars from all of God's galaxies and formed them into a light that never before or since has been seen by human eyes. Once created, I slowly, I slowly moved it towards Bethlehem, stopping over a small structure there where baby Jesus lay. But I was not the only angel there that night. My fellow angels, Hermes Yell, led the celestial choir that, that night announcing Jesus' birth, while Angel Gabriel addressed the shepherds to fear not. It was also Gabriel, Gabriel, excuse me, <coughs> who appeared to Mary and then Joseph in their dreams, conveying God's plan for them. Later, Gabriel would appear to the Magi to tell them not to revisit Herod, but to return to their homes by different routes. What a glorious night it was. Are you all awake? It was not the only night, it was not only the night of the holiest of holies birth, but also the birth of forgiveness for all mankind. I watched over the Bethlehem star that remained above his manger, shining like a brilliant diamond in the sky from the first night in, the, in town until the family departed from Bethlehem towards Egypt. As I viewed the family's departure to the west, I marvel at my maker's plan, even though the Bethlehem star was no, no longer shining in the sky, it will still remain visible to this day in the heart of us all who choose to follow Jesus Christ. Thank you all for have participated over the past several weeks in doing that. That type of stuff stresses me out. Having to memorize something and then get up here and try to do it. So thank you guys for um, participating in that. And nevertheless, I do have a couple announcements. The first one is today after service, we will be having a Christmas brunch. So we'd just love to sit down with all of you and enjoy and have uh, our own Christmas church family tradition or memory, right, where we get a laugh and have fun together. So after church, everyone is welcome in the youth room area. The next announcement uh, I do have to make, which you guys already know, is Mark and Esther are engaged. People don't know who you are, so you have to stand up. You can wave. 
<laughs> yeah, to each other. Well, for the past couple weeks, Esther's been asking me what she should say when she asks him. So, so I've been working with her. And uh, Mark's, Mark asked her, and um, do you want me to read you what he said? He didn't let me know either. But when we picked on them last week, right, about their marriage contract, do you want me to start reading you that? Yeah, you were not here, so I'm going to start reading the marriage contract, and that's going to be the service for today. <laughs> so um, those are my two announcements. Nevertheless, let's pray, and we'll get into the um, service. Father, we thank you for laughter and family. Um, I do thank you, Father, that uh, we can all join here safely together today. Ask that it wouldn't just be a Christmas service, but we would walk out of here impacted, encountering your presence, prioritizing you, knowing what we need saved from. So give us ears to hear and eyes to see, minds to comprehend, hearts with fertile soil, and feet that want to run with obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. So over the past couple weeks, several weeks, we have been learning from the nativity scene. We have learned from the magi and the shepherds as they found Jesus as seekers. They were seeking him, right? We, uh, I guess also, what we learned from them is to grow and mature and to find Christ, we must become seekers, not passive seekers, not just people who see a star and say the Messiah might be there, but seekers in the sense that are willing to see God, see a direction of God, and move towards that. Seekers are people who take action. And what we learn from the Magi and the shepherds is the Magi and the shepherds were people who took action. Next, we learned from Joseph and Mary. But specifically from Joseph, what we learned was his initial priority was that he wanted to protect Mary's reputation. He felt like he was doing the right thing and the noble thing. So what Joseph wanted to do was to protect her. But God had a plan. God had a different plan. And God's plan was for him to obey him and to prioritize God above all else. So what ended up happening is Joseph was told by God that the angel is of the, or sorry, Jesus, the birth is of the Holy Spirit and that he is to marry Mary and the name is to be Joseph. So God has a plan for you and me. Jesus, yes, sorry. Someone's listening. <laughs> Say it. So God has a plan for you and me. So we must follow. We must obey and we must prioritize it. So during this season, during the Christmas season, may the Christmas season be something that's just not about gifts. But may the Christmas season be about us prioritizing him. Now this week we are going to learn from the angels who appeared to the shepherds. What these angels did is these angels brought good news. 
So Christmas, this season that we're celebrating, serves as a reminder for us to share the good news. Christmas today, or tomorrow, the season reminds us to do this. So Luke chapter 2, if you have your Bibles. If not, it will be on the screen. Verse 10. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. So who is Christmas about? Christmas is about Jesus. And that's what the angels were coming to tell the shepherds. This season, this Savior, he is born. The angels came to say that Jesus is here. The angels came to bring good news now, what's interesting is, as you heard last week, is when the angels came, the angels came to the shepherds. Now, the shepherds were the social outcasts within town. They were the hard workers. They were different. They didn't shower always, right? People didn't like them. They were the social outcasts. But what the angels did is the angels came to bring Maybe some of the least of these, the good news. And what was the good news? A Savior will be born to you. He is the Messiah, and he is the Lord. I think in America, in the West, we've heard that so often that we become numb to it. In the West, we've forgotten how important it is to need a Savior. Because as I said earlier, many of the things that we need saved from are not ourselves and our sin. Many of the things we need saved from are materialism or our opinions, our preferences. So what happens is the angels come and they say, a Savior will be born to you. He is the Messiah and the Lord. So is that important to you today? With an eternal perspective, isn't that exciting? A Messiah was born to you and I. Jesus was born, our Savior. But maybe it's just me. But God seems to be ushering in a new season where I'm becoming more thankful of his son. With the wars and rumors of the wars, um, famines in various places, earthquakes, we see all these signs. And for me, what it's cultivating in me is a greater hunger, knowing that God is doing something new. So this good news is radically changing my life during this season. And this good news has radically changed my life in many of your lives as well. This good news 
has the power to transform everything in our life. Yet this good news is not what we often make it. Often what we make good news is the Buckeyes winning a national championship. Often what we make the good news is my favorite candidate getting elected. Often what we make good news is the track team having success. Often what we make the good news is somehow winning the mega billion without even playing it. See, all of these things that we make good news in our life pale in comparison to the good news that was brought about when Jesus was born. See, that's the exact news that the shepherds needed that night. And you know what? That's the exact news that you and I need today. A Savior was born. And you know what? Not only do we need it, it's the exact news that the world needs today. Our friends and our co-workers. What's that news that they need? A Savior was born to you. He is the Messiah in the Lord. So just as these angels brought about the good news uh, during what is called Christmas, Christmas should serve as a reminder for the urgency that we should have as believers to share the good news. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So as believers, as people who are, who are saying, I'm just not escaping the flame, right? I'm just not escaping the fire. As believers, then what we should say is, I want to take the next step. And the next step is this, is we should share the good news. But the question is, just for clarification, what is the good news, right? Many of us understand what the good news is. But I'm going to go through the good news real quick. So why is Jesus coming good news? First, the Bible tells us that we were created to love God and to be loved by him in a relationship. That you and I, in the beginning, we were created to walk in union with him in the garden. Yet in the beginning of time, what ended up happening? Adam and Eve sinned. Darkness and sickness covered the earth as sin entered the world. This created a wedge between us and God that we couldn't fix, repair, or earn our way on our own. But when Jesus came, when the birth of Jesus arrived, here's the good news, right? The spiritual darkness that covered the earth for 4,000 years was about to be blown away. The way to pardon and have peace with God was going to be different. Animal sacrifice was no longer needed. Isn't that exciting? A lot of ladies in here are super excited about that. They don't have to go out and deal with their goat or their lamb. Nevertheless, that's good news. The head of the serpent would be struck. And we see this in Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. So the enemy will be defeated. The good news 
will be shared because of the birth of Jesus to the poor. Freedom will be proclaimed to the prisoners. The blind will now see and the oppressed would be set free. Luke 4.18 says this, the, uh, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news, good news. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recover the sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free. Now I ask you, what do you need saved from? Do you recognize your need to be saved? Do you recognize that you were once blind? Do you recognize that you were once sick? Do you recognize or do you recognize that you were once a prisoner? Do you recognize that you were once pressed, oppressed? So I ask you, what do you need saved from? Now to be clear, we were all blind. We were all poor. We were all oppressed. We were all prisoners. And we all needed set free. Yet because of the good news, the good news, the good news of the birth of Jesus. Now, anyone by uh, faith through grace can be saved. And because we are saved by him, because we are saved because of the birth of Christ, we are declared righteous and adopted by, um, as sons and daughters. We can now have an intimate relationship with him. We have unlimited access to him. We can now have peace because of him. We no longer put our hope in things of this world. Rather, our treasure is in heaven. That's good news. One author says this, the knowledge of God was no longer to be confined to the Jews, but to be offered to the whole Gentile world. The days, because of the birth of Jesus, the days of heathenism were numbered. The first stone of God's kingdom was about to be set up. If it was not for these good tidings or this good news, there were never tidings or good news that deserved ever be had. Don't we want people to know this good news? Do you recognize and are you grateful and do you have gratitude today of what you were saved from? An eternity in hell, absent of God, or a relationship with him because of his son. Are you thankful for that today? Are you excited about that good news? I am. Now, because we're excited about the good news, because we recognize how important the good news is, we have to be people who are willing to share the good news. As I said at point one, the angels came to share the good news. What is the good news? We've clarified that. And last point before we eat is this, is as we share the good news, good news draws people to him. Now, what we have to do is we have to share the good news. 
verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone in to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So what ends up happening is the angels come, they share the good news, and because they shared the good news, they were interested. And now, I don't know how many of you guys remember our journey through the book of Acts several years ago. And there's many reasons why we don't share the good news. And some of the reasons why we feel like we don't share the good news is because many people or most people don't feel qualified to share the good news. Now, I wanted to ask the question, how many of you guys don't feel qualified? But then I think my next question, then you would have felt set up, so I'm not going to ask that question. But many reasons why people don't feel like or don't feel qualified is because at the end of the day, they say, I'm afraid. Well, what are you afraid of? Well, I'm afraid because I don't understand the Bible. I'm not a pastor. Well, then when I wrestle this down and whittle it down, it's not that God in the Bible says that the only people who should ever share the good news are pastors. Amen? Well, I can't say it like you. Well, you also listen to me every week, so you, you know you can say it like me. <laughs> Why do I say it like this person or that person? Well, good, because you weren't created to say it like this person or that person, right? The people that God has placed you in circles of, you're supposed to share the good news with them. At the end of the day, even if we feel like we can't speak well to people, I don't think that's an excuse. What do we see? We see Moses felt like he wasn't going to be a good speaker either, but a good or a person like him still was qualified. Amen? So then maybe you say this. Um, I don't know the scriptures. I don't know the scriptures well. Okay, so as a Christian, is not knowing the scriptures well a good reason? Participating church, is that a good reason? It's not. So then, why are we not sharing the good news? Is it fear of man? Is it because we feel like we can't communicate well? Is there a lack of knowledge of the scriptures? Is is it because we're so involved with our own lives? And here's what I would say is this, is when we look back at the book of Acts, what we see is this, is when Paul was going to, uh, on different missions to different areas, here's what he did. He would share the word with just about everyone that came his way, right? That's why the book of Acts is here. We see his journey. And there were three responses when Paul shared the word of God. Here's the three responses. The first one is when Paul shared with the people he did life with, guess what? People came to know Christ. That's a good, that's good, right? That's a good response. So people came to know Christ when he testified, when he taught them. The next thing that ended up happening is if Paul shared the good news and as he taught scripture, people had more questions. That's a good response, isn't it? Good. Now, the next response was the one that keeps us from ever sharing. This response was that as Paul shared the good news, he was rejected. But I don't know about you, I try to be a glass half full type of person. 
When I look at that, I don't get stuck on the rejection point. I get stuck on the fact that two-thirds of the responses work in my favor. Amen? This person now, and if you just keep on deducing it, right, you say, well, if they have more questions, that, mean I ha- that means I have to spend more time in the Bible. Well, why would you not want to spend more time in the Bible? You're a believer. You love God. You're walking in a relationship with him. And then if you're like, well, I don't like reading my Bible. I don't like learning about him. I don't like spending time with him. I have to do all these things. Then you really have to soberly assess, is your heart cold or do I really love him? Amen? So if people have more questions for you, that should be more exciting. And you're like, no, wait a second. I know the Bible, and I, and I read the Bible daily, and I want to understand him, and I want to have a relationship with him, but I don't want to have people ask me more questions because I don't have time for anything. Is that a good response either? See, because God is worthy of it all. Jesus is worthy of it all. And as the good news is shared, it draws people to him. And we're allowing fear or time or worry or rejection to keep us from sharing the good news. See, when the angels came to the far off and rejected shepherds, they shared about the good news. And the shepherds went to see what was happening. I wonder how different our church could look moving into the new year if we just invited our friends. If we shared the good news with our friends, every age in here, little kids invite your friends, um, teenagers invite your friends, and everyone else above, right? Invite your friends, invite your neighbors, invite some people you see at Berg One or Bowling Alley. Invite your coworkers. Because when you share the good news, people come to know Christ. And that's what happened this night. The angels came, they appeared, and then they followed. They went to meet Jesus. See, the only, uh, the only reason why our lives are going to change, or the only reason why our lives change, and the only reason why other people's lives change is because they hear the good news of Jesus. And there's a friend in our life, um, Macy in my life, who essentially doesn't feel satisfied not a Christian. And they said, I don't feel satisfied with life. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to add more things to their life. And I had a dream the other night. And in this dream, I'm like, you're not satisfied. And then I'm like preaching all these scriptures to him. She's like, taste and see that the Lord is good. And anyone who drinks this living water will never thirst again. Talk about being satisfied. So the only way that people are ever going to find this satisfaction, the only way that people are ever going to find contentment and to be saved is because we invite them. And as we share the good news, it draws them to him. So as we wrap up, I say this. Christmas reminds us of the good news. But we must be willing to share the good news like the angels to the people around us. As believers, the issue comes in many different ways, but we can't allow those to keep us from sharing it. So, 
if you want to see our world become more godly, if you want to see the White House become more godly, if you want to see our friends and family members be saved, what do we have to do? We have to share the good news. We have to share the good news. Because the good news draws people to him. Let's pray. Father, um, may Christmas serve as a reminder of our need, what we need saved from. And because we need it saved and we need saved and others need saved, Father, may we share the good news like the angels. Because what we clearly see, Father, is that as we share the good news, it draws people to you. So give us boldness this week. Give us strength. Give us courage to invite a friend, a family member to church, a co-worker to share the reason um, that we have faith in you. In Jesus' name, I also pray that you bless this meal. Amen. All right.